Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Good evening, everyone, and uh, welcome to Word Up here at Bright City Church. How are you doing? Uh, lovely to have you joining us. Um, ben, how are you doing? Great to have you with us again. It's just the two of us tonight. No Pastor Just the two of us. <laughs> yeah. No, good. Good. Thank you. Yeah. Long, long week, but yeah, all good. And uh, yeah, enjoy yes. Saturday today. We're in uh, the book of Revelation, as you all know. And, um, you know, we're really getting into some pretty hot stuff where we've just got to the end pretty much of Revelation chapter 8. But we're just going to recap a little bit on on eight, just to catch up where we are. There was the opening of the seventh seal uh, at the beginning of eight. We remember there was a silence in heaven. And remember, it was contrasted with, with you know, great worship and noise. Uh, generally, heaven was a um, he- heaven was a, a very loud place. And hi, Angie, great to have you with us. And that, but there was this silence, almost like a foreboding before what was to come. And that's coming before the sounding of the seven trumpets. And so we saw the first, well, well, just before the sounding of the seven trumpets, it's interesting, this, this, um, golden censer full of incense and the prayers of the saints was actually hurled down onto the earth by this angel. It's almost like, you know, it seems like a, an act of, of wrath and anger you know this this now is coming this time of judgment and so the first trumpet is sounded or shofar and we see hail and fire mixed with blood hurled down on the earth a third of the earth the trees and the green grass being burned up wow so we've got hail hail and fire something coming down hitting the earth burning up the greenery second trumpet Something like a mountain ablaze landing in the sea. What could that be? Could it be, you know, a meteorite or something hitting the earth? Could it be a a huge volcanic explosion um, going into the sea? And it says, turning a third of the sea to blood from the destruction there. Third of the living creatures in the sea died. A third of the ships were destroyed. This This is cataclysmic stuff. Then the third angel sounded, and a great star blazing like a torch, falling again from the sky, this time affecting rivers and water, called wormwood, turning all the the water bitter and causing many people to die because there was no drinking water by the looks of it. The fourth angel, it says a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, a third of the stars, so that there's a darkening of the sun and the stars, the light. A third of the day was without light. And so if we look at those four trumpets uh, sounding, we've got real effects in the kind of heavenly realms, haven't we, Ben? We, we've got, you know, effects on the, it seems like cosmic things affecting the earth. What, what's your take on it? It's just, I know we're recapping. We were looking at it last time, but we're just catching up where we are. Yeah, a lot of it, um, I think I was saying last week, is that whatever kind of happens in heaven seems to be correspond, corresponding on earth as it would, especially with the angel who threw the fire on the earth. And um, then then we see, what is it, hail and fire, mix of blood, and it's thrown upon the earth. 
and then a third of the earth is burned up. A great mountain with fire was cast into the sea. Uh, a great star fell from heaven, and it's all this heavenly stuff that's going on. Yeah, uh, and then we're seeing it, and and often I remember Pastor Sid was saying about when uh, there were some volcanoes that that were, I think, in Iceland at one point, uh, were sending out ash all over over the world, and it was stopping international flights everywhere. And he was saying, look at that, God just has to flip his, the lid off one of his volcanoes and the whole world is brought to a standstill. Yeah, uh, and yeah. this is almost like, you know, stuff that's happening in the heaven is, uh, uh, we see it translated onto earth. It kind of, uh, and, and yeah, it tells you a little bit of the symbology of what's happening here and then seeing the, how we might explain it, you know, in, in the natural. Yeah, well, it's also interesting, isn't it, how we see... You know, the scientific documentaries, even the, the films that are made of these kind of events. Um, we, t we mentioned it last, last time we were together. Deep Impact and uh, some of the others, you know, of, of meteorites hitting the Earth, of these super volcanoes. And even not just the sort of um, blockbuster films, but even these scientific programs talking about these possible super volcano events that, you know, they, they believe one day will occur. So it does seem like the, the Bible foretells a time in the end times when some of these things will happen and drastically affect the earth. I, I was also reminded of what it, well, you know, uh, it's not just my own uh, memory, but uh, the commentators, etc. How this is an allusion again to the prophecies in the Old Testament, particularly Joel says, and I've been sort of sharing about a different part of this prophecy in the in Joel's uh, that Joel made about the end times, about pouring out his spirit on all flesh in those days. And so there's a great pouring out of the spirit of God, you know, but it also says, I will show wonders in the heavens on the earth, blood and fire, billows of smoke. Now we we had there, there came hail and fire mixed with blood. And it says, blood and fire, billows of smoke. Yeah. The sun will be turned to darkness. And there we have the, the fourth trumpet. The third of the moon, third of the stars, third of the, the sun turned to dark. A third of the day was without light. So we've got, you know, um, again, it's being said in Joel, uh, all those kind of many hundreds of years before John wrote this. But uh, So, yeah, and, and, and we'll come to even the next part that we, we'll be eventually coming to. Joel describes in detail again um, more of of what's described here in Revelation. So yeah, those they, they seem to be like these cosmic things, and then it says in at the end of chapter eight, I watched and I heard an eagle that was flying in mid air, call out in a loud voice, "Woe, woe, woe!" to the inhabitants of the earth because of the trumpet blast about to be sounded by the other three angels. Interestingly, he says, whoa, 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 three woes, three angels. And, and you know, if we think it's almost saying, look, that was pretty cataclysmic, but what's to come is even worse in terms of the effect, I don't yeah. know, on, 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 the, on the world. Uh, any Anything to comment on that? Uh, Just as we were, were saying, uh, um, uh, I think it was last week when there was the, the uh, half an hour of silence in heaven at the start. Mm -hmm. Um, before these trumpets were blown, uh, and I, I remember at the end of the last time we we were on Word Up, it was almost like wow, you know, 
it, it was ominous with their half an hour of silence. And um, and then we've got this eagle crying out and he's shouting out, whoa. And it's almost like you think you've seen it. You, th- you think it's yeah. been bad. You, yes. you know, you have yes. nothing. Yeah. And yes. uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a real, uh, lots of foreboding as this mm. goes on, you know, because yeah. the, the angels are aware of what's going to happen and, you know, just kind of, there's a sense of, of, of dread and awe, I guess, um, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's there. In, in the commentator I was um, listening to, he he said that the word there used for eagle is nesher uh, in Hebrew, and and the same word is used for eagles and vultures, and yeah, it's okay. difficult to distinguish which is which. And often vultures were used as a kind of portent to coming destruction. And, mm. um, you know, it's almost, if it was the vulture, you know, well, 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 the vultures, you know, will be, will be gathering to, to kind of feed off the, the carcasses, uh, the many, the many dead that will be, you know, resulting from these judgments that are about to come. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. So then we come to chapter nine. I'm going to read the chapter and then we'll uh, get into verse by verse. Okay, chapter nine, verse one. The fifth angel sounded his trumpet and I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to earth. The star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss. When he opened the abyss, smoke rose from it like the smoke from a gigantic furnace. The sun and sky were darkened by the smoke of the abyss, and out of the smoke locusts came down upon the earth and were given power like that of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or tree, but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were not given power to kill them, but only to torture them for five months, and the agony they suffered was like the sting of a scorpion when it strikes a man. During those days, men will seek death, but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will elude them. The locusts looked like horses prepared for battle. On their heads, they wore something like crowns of gold, and their faces resembled human faces. Their hair was like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the thundering of many horses and chariots rushing into battle. They had tails and stings like scorpions, and in their tail they had power to torment people for five months. They had as king over them the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek Apollyon. The first woe is past. Two other woes are yet to come. The sixth angel sounded his trumpet, and I heard a voice coming from the horns of the golden altar, that is before God. It said to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. And the four angels who had been kept ready for this very hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of the mounted troops was two hundred million. I heard their number. 
The horses and riders I saw in my vision looked like this. Their breastplates were fiery red, dark blue and yellow as sulphur. The heads of the horses resembled the heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke and sulphur. A third of mankind was killed by the three plagues of fire, smoke and sulphur that came out of their mouths. The power of the horses was in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails were like snakes having heads with which they inflict injury. The rest of mankind, which were not killed by these plagues, still did not repent of the work of their hands. They did not stop worshipping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone and wood, idols that could not see or hear or walk. Nor did they repent of their murders, their magic arts, their sexual immorality or their thefts. Right. Interestingly, you know, right at the end there, it says they did not repent of what they were doing, uh, you know, despite what was going on. It seems like, you know, the intent again of God in his mercy was, look, in this shaking and this terrible shaking, turn to me, turn to mm -hmm. me and I will, I will save you. But yeah. they, they, they did not repent. Um but yeah, yeah, let's come back to the the rest of the trumpets. Three more. So it says a star fell from sky to earth and was given the key of the abyss. What what, what do we make of this one, Ben? Is it we've we've seen about these cosmic stars falling, you know, flaming like mountains, hitting the earth. Here we've got another star here. Is this a you know a cosmic event? Is this what what do we think this might be? It's interesting. This is a star, but it's actually you know it's a person. And um, I think there's a scripture in you know Isaiah. I'm sure there is where it talks about um, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Yes, um, yes. And you you'd, well, your mind would go to that thinking, well, Definitely, this is a yeah. uh, you know this is Satan um, being given the key to the pit, but. Um, in some ways, you have, to, you have to go back to thinking all of these judgments, all of these things that are going on are, are, are acts of God. This is God's wrath. And this is what we uh, we looked at uh, the Lord's Prayer. And when the saints are singing in heaven, it's like we said, they've been praying the Lord's Prayer for his kingdom to come for years and years. Um, and now it was this is this is how the kingdom of God comes through the wrath of God being poured out on the earth. So, you know, my kind of mind goes to this, this angel is a, is a um, you know, a heavenly angel and he's been sent to open this bottomless pit um, rather than being like, I don't know, you, I guess you could look at it as, well, Satan is thrown from heaven to unleash wrath upon the earth with, with a, a key given to him for the, the pit, which yeah. we'll look at the pit in a minute. So I, I guess you people do look at it either way. Either way, uh, yeah. But it's, you know, yes. it, this is all, we, I guess you have to remember, you know, kind of that this is God's kingdom being uh, yeah. come. I mean, just going through some of the scholars, uh, Matthew Henry, for instance, thinks is the Antichrist. Um, James and Fawcett and Brown, which is a big commentary that I use, think it's Satan. But then you go to the Methodist church and they believe that this is an angel of God. And funny enough, so did the Jehovah's Witnesses in their skewed interpretation. But they oh, we can um, rule that out then if the Jehovah's Witness again. <laughs> yeah, that's done. They're done and dusted <laughs> yeah. now. But yeah, no, the, uh, the it's it, it, 
as with a lot of stuff in Revelation, you know, it, it's it's kind of well, are they this, are that? Yeah, and is it, and is, is it, it is important? It, you know, is is it important to identify this angel? The fact that it's been what this angel is doing is is the more important thing, I guess, going to unleash this this yeah. bottomless pit, this abyss, uh, which which comes yes, next. Yes, yes, yeah. I, I absolutely, it's one or the other, and um, how important is it that it? It's not that important, is it? But um, you know, I think that God, in in His sovereignty, is in control, even of the evil forces, um, as in you know, He He permits, doesn't He? And 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 then mm. and and we look later at, at um, others that are bound, if you like, you know, on the four the four corners of the river Euphrates, is it, or whatever it is. They're, they're yeah. bound until there's a time of their kind of releasing, isn't there? And and so mm. there's a sense that even the fallen angels, you know, they're bound, they're restricted, They but there is a time when, okay, you know, you can do your worst now. It's part of my judgment on mankind. And so he's in control of both good and evil in a sense. He doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't initiate um, mm. evil stuff in, in that sense God isn't evil uh, in any way but uh, but he will you know he will permit evil to come on as, as a judgment yeah uh, and this bottom this this bottomless pit as well mm. um, he was having a fish round for kind of the, the commentator I was looking at he, he's saying about different things uh, that are spoken of as pits in the Bible but it's an interesting scripture in 2 Peter uh, 2 Peter 2 4 um, where is described this pit where God sends sinful angels to hell, gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment. So they're, they're, it talks of a place uh, where God sends sends maybe the, the worst angels that are, uh, have to be bound, and it appears to be this bottomless pit that's about to be opened, where the yeah. worst, the worst of the worst, are kept. Uh, and like you, like you've just said, you know, there is a time when. The grace of God uh, that that holds back, you know, there's com common grace uh, and special grace is a thing that is spoken about in theology. Yeah, common grace is like the goodness that God gives to the whole world. The fact that we can go to the supermarket and there's fruits from all over the world. Um, that you know, the weather is um, on the whole is, is is bearable. That we have, you know, yeah. coal coal in the ground, minerals to make metal, all that common good to the whole world, to everyone, saved or unsaved. And then there is special grace to, to those that know the Lord, um, that become his children by being Christians. But uh, at this point, it's almost like there's a time God talks about when that that grace, that common grace to all mankind is going to be taken away and then all, all, all hell it will be unleashed. Mm -hmm. And here we are, you know, this, this pit... Uh, this bottomless abyss that is spoken about here is about to be opened, and uh, we'll see what will crawl out of there in a sec. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's interesting as well. I, I thought I had, you know, the open the abyss in in my Bible anyway. It's capitalized. It's like you know, it's it's not just just a a hole. It's it's as you were saying, it's a place. It's it's you know uh, a place that's been you know, earmarked by God. It's 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 a place where the uh, subterranean abode for the demonic hordes, yeah, are kept and bound. Mm. So, it's almost like you need to make a map, isn't it, of, of Revelation? I thought, well, I need to get a chart on the wall and think, right, there's the bottomless pit, 
there's the throne room, you know, <laughs> it's almost you need a map to get around all this, these places that we're, that we're finding. Yeah, can I say as well, it's worth mentioning here that, um, you know, we had, we have this kind of division between what's happened, if you like, before the, the eagle or, or vulture crying, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's something, you know, some a change in the, the characteristic and nature of what is to come. We could say maybe on a level of, of change. But I would I would also say that it goes from almost like a natural stroke cosmic events uh, being allowed to, to hit the earth. Maybe the, the common grace of that protection of the, the earth that you were talking about. You know, there's a there's a there's a common grace that protects this earth from meteorites from maybe if it's removed you know and things do start hitting it like um it seems to be that's what's described but now we we're moving into not just cosmic natural things but it seems like supernatural um you know demonic things now are being unleashed from the from the the demonic supernatural realm if you like uh, it's particularly evil particularly grotesque we might say and and when we look at these descriptions you know it's interestingly as well i i think of you know in the mind of man in the evil and wicked mind of man when it's let loose you know we have all the the horror films and uh you know we can think of something like when you talked about all hell being loose i i thought of hellraiser you know it's yes. almost like that you know there are these films of um yeah, I suppose all the, the, the evil that, that we can think of, and yet the reality as well will be even worse um, mm. of, of the demonic evil that, that, yeah. that even mankind can, can think up. No, yeah. it doesn't sound very uh, cheerful, does it, this? But <laughs> it's, we're, in the, we're, in the, we're in the mud now, aren't we, in the revelation, we're right in the thick of it. We it's, are, uh, we are in the thick of it. We have to say, you know, there's, there's a redemptive... There is a redemptive um, goal to everything that God is doing. But also, you know, this is the wrath of God. You know, this is the, the pouring out of his indignation, of his fury, is, is, is another yeah. way of putting it. And, and um, you know, we, we heard from earlier, I think it was possibly Revelation 5, where the kings of the earth were, were hiding in the mountains. I mean, everyone was hiding and saying, look, hide us from the wrath of the Lamb, the fury of the Lamb. And so yeah. it makes me think of, dear friends, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You know, to, to respectfully kind of live before God, knowing that he is in charge. He does have our lives in his hands. And yes, Yes, he is an absolutely loving and merciful God. But if, if we only, only, only look at one side of the coin of God as, you know, always, just always out for our good, etc., almost like a genie in a bottle, we're missing the true nature of who God is. And he absolutely. is a holy God to be reverently worshipped and feared, yeah. you know, a, a bit like, well, anyway, what's your thoughts, Ben? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, we we um, the Bible teaches us about God, doesn't it? And and, mm. and it teaches us that He's a loving, loving Father, and that you know His people are are the apple of His eye. He spoke of the Jews of being the apple of His eye. He's, he's very special treasure, and you know, and we 
coming to that one new man with the with, with the Jews who who had all that initial contact with God and you know that's us you know with the apple of his eye we're loved we're under the shadow of his wing all that great stuff and you know that is it is true of God but it is also true of God that he is a God of justice and holiness mm-hmm. um and as Pastor Ian is saying you know it's the consequences of of that sin if without the blood of jesus covering you mm. without you being sealed as we have looked at last week without the people who yeah. are sealed in this in these chapters you know sealed by god are not you know they're not affected by this stuff they are delivered through this time you know but the ones who are not do not have the seal of god and that is a, that is a great subject um yeah i'm going to explore that more maybe for an upcoming preach but um, it, it, yeah. you know those those ones that are, are not sealed, you know they're the ones that we're talking about here. That they're, they're the ones that are going to be tormented, and that that is God. This is God's doing. You know, His wrath on sin. You know, it, it is as we see here. You know, this is this is like Old Testament. You know, kind of punishment and annihilation on the nations that didn't follow God. And we're in a time of grace now. But the, like we say, the grace is gone. Uh, people are, are seeing. The, the wrath of of a holy uh, and loving and father god who loves his people but who hates and hate is a strong word he has a burning anger and hate for sin he can't abide sin he, he this is this is a picture of the reality of god and, and things like you're saying like people people who preach cheap grace yeah. um you know produce converts who who are not you know, they're not serious about the things of God, and then they don't realise that there is a standard and a holiness. You know, and I speak, I speak to myself here. You know that, that God has high standards, and the, the consequence that's that happening here is, is the other side of the loving God. He is a God of love, but He is a God of justice and wrath as well. Yeah. Um, and, and here we can see, you know, that what's happening to the earth when that is unleashed and the grace is gone. Yeah, absolutely. And and so it, it says that smoke rose from this abyss, like the smoke from a gigantic furnace. Again, we've got the imagery there of, of you know, the, the furnace, the fires of judgment, the fire of, of hell even. And, um, and, and the sun and the sky were darkened by the smoke of the abyss. And then out of this smoke here, we've got these creatures... And they're called locusts. Out of the smoke, locusts came upon the earth and were given power like that of scorpions. Now, now we we we, we heard about these locusts. Uh, they they would not to harm grass or plants or tree. So, but only people that to harm, and only the ones as you've just said who don't have the seal of God on their foreheads. So this is interesting. Now, are these locusts, as we know locusts, well, they're obviously not as we know locusts, but are these a, a type of locusts? Or what sort of creature are these, do we think, Ben? Not, <laughs> you must well, know. You've studied you this. Know what? Come on. I, 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 I listed their characteristics, you'll see, as we come up. I mean, I mean look, it's jumping ahead a bit, but this, this is what these locusts look like, right? They're like horses prepared for battle, uh, they have something like gold crowns on their heads, human faces, women's hair, lion's teeth, breastplates of iron, and wings that sound like chariots and tails with stings on the end. Now, to my mind, and we've always met with <laughs> Pastor Ian, where is he that side? Pastor Ian has already mentioned the film Hellraiser. So 
I'm not. I'm not out of can, my depth here. Can I, I say? Can I say? I have not seen Hellraiser. By the way, <laughs> I know of it, but uh, I've seen scenes of it. But yeah, go on, carry yeah, on. He, he's seen the posters, so you know. Excuse me, <laughs> but unfortunate as it may be, or whatever, being an '80s child, I saw um, the the Alien series and the Predator series, and my mind goes directly to an alien from that film, the Xenomorphs, and a Predator, because all of those characteristics, apart from the wings, are there. You know, human faces, the, the, the Predator had dreadlocks, so, you know, hair, um, and breastplates of iron, all that stuff. It, my mind just goes right there if we're talking about literal um, representations of what we've got. And maybe even those films, you know, we're talking about the way man can conjure up images of a yeah, yeah. thing um, that uh, maybe they even got their ideas from, from here because it's, it's very close yeah. um, to what, uh, you know, is being described. So on my mind went to kind of the alien and the predator and, uh, you know, these mutant kind of things that come out. One of the commentators, uh, you know, was putting the thing out there that these, these things may not be visible, maybe when it talks about the smoke coming out of the, uh, the abyss, this may all be a spiritual thing. Like the smoke is the, the, um, the spread of, of, of bad teaching. And these, these, uh, in the spiritual realm, this is what these things look like to John who's seeing them. Maybe, you know, we don't see the spiritual realm, but we feel the effects of it as Christians and we, we wage spiritual warfare in our prayers. There is a spiritual realm. Um, and maybe he's seeing into the spiritual realm what these demons that have come out of the pit look like and their effect will be, you know, in, in, on the earth in an unseen way. But that's just a one, one view. But yeah, these, um, you know, the locusts, they're, they're, uh, they're like locusts, maybe in appearance to, to John who's trying to describe this. But some people have said these even might be John's description of, of helicopters. I was having a discussion with the, a major earlier on today and he was him and his son were saying well you know the these descriptions of revelation uh sound like a certain type of helicopter with uh you know the the bulb at the front where the the pilot sits and the the bit on the top and the sting in the tail where the missiles are maybe he's describing that in his first century mind um so you know we're we're, we're seeing these things kind of through John's eyes, who had no concept yeah, yeah, yeah. of the things that we, we know of these days. So it's, it's interesting, but uh, what what is, you know, locusts, they don't eat the grass, so they're unlike natural locusts. They, they Locusts don't have a king, but these, these locusts quite clearly have a king in that pit that they're coming from, as we'll see. But, yeah, so um, it seems they're intelligent, uh, you yeah. know, following, following the orders. They've got a ruler as well. Um yeah, yeah. I mean, and and there's that demonic side to them because you know you've got the the fallen angel, if you like, opening the abyss. We know where the, you know, the the demonic fallen hordes are kept, as you said. Even Peter referred to them, and so there's something demonic about them. I was even thinking, you know, we have there's a lot of um, what's the uh, the kind of gen genetic uh, mutation and biology that's happening today. You know where where they're yeah. sort of blending. You know, gene gene. Um, it's not gene therapy. Gene anyway, altering. You know the genetics. Yeah, yeah. And 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 you know, could this be some kind of demonic genetic mutations that are kind of released um, in some way? Of Among course, bodies. you know, it could be all sorts of things. But 
interesting that there's a, a five month um season to them you know they last for five months and um a commentator that i was referring to said that the the locust season is in fact five months on the earth as well um okay. yeah so but only those people who did not have the seal of god on their foreheads so so it's it's bringing suffering to those who do not have the seal so it seems like there are still god's people are still on the earth who are sealed uh, i know yeah. there's various views about that um those who believe in the sort of pre-tribulation rapture say that ah yeah these are the special 144,000 jewish evangelists who are sealed by god there are those who would say ah yes these are these could be those who are sealed who've come to the lord after the rapture or there are those who said yeah well well the people of god haven't been taken from the earth yet uh, but they are sealed and protected by god in a supernatural mm. way so yeah there, there, there's that view now I, I mean i we're all kind of students at this and um i've got a, a, a you know uh, this stuff i want to look at and it's is is there a rapture of god's church and then you know the 144,000 Jews are, are there and they're released, um, and their converts are the ones who are still on the earth who are sealed, um, while the church is in heaven. Is there a kind of dual thing? You know, some of these films would have us believe that the rapture happens and that's it, that's the end of it, you, you're done. But uh, you know, as I look, I'm like, well, you know, the converts of these 144,000 Jews, maybe we're talking about that. So it's it's yeah. They're, <laughs> There's so many nuances to this, and uh, yeah. you know when when do things happen, and who is here when it happens. It's uh, yeah, it's interesting. I just noticed Anne had a question on there. Um, she she was saying, uh, so is it that God is very patient, giving everyone time to walk with Him, but if people decide to carry on in their own way, He will be like, I don't want to know anymore, and they are doomed for hell. Well, and I. Kind of what you're saying is true. You know, we have this lifetime uh, to to find the Lord, um, and you know, to to seek Him. He, he is available to all. It says in Romans. You know, people can't deny with the way creation is, and uh, you know, the the message of the gospel is on the earth, and that Jesus came. That there there is a God, but yet in their minds, if they reject that knowledge, then their mind is darkened. Their heart is darkened to the message of God. Um, and if you know it, it says it's appointed for man to die and then face the judgment uh, and that is the point where you will stand before God and it will be said you know enter into your rest and come into heaven or um, depart from me I never knew you like you're saying I don't want it's not I don't want to know you anymore I don't know you you know you haven't pursued me in your life uh, go depart from me. Go go away. I don't know you. And that's that's you know that's where we're getting to really. The, where the the nail you hit, you get to the crunch, if you like, of the gospel. You know, God, like I said, God is a loving God. The gospel is there for everyone, um, and it's open to all. But we've got a choice to make, and with a choice comes consequences. You know, you, you embrace the Lord and you follow Him in your life, and you experience Him in this life and the next, or you reject Him and and and. Uh, you don't know him and he won't know you uh, which has consequences just yeah. to answer your question yeah. that's great ben it's true so so there's that sense of of you know the 
the grace of God being being um, offered out to every person who's ever lived um, through the testimony of creation, etc., and as you were saying. But also this side of it that we're looking at now, there'll come a time when God is going to restore everything to the earth, you know, restore the kingdom, but bring judgment to the earth as well. Uh, in the sense of all the people and the nations as a whole who are living on the earth that have rejected the, the Lord. It, it's interestingly, it talks about nations that accepted the Lord and nations that rejected the Lord, you know, goat nations and sheep nations. So there's a sense of even the kind of judgment on the, the whole world at a time at the, you know, at the end where God says, okay, you've had what, 6,000 years of my grace reaching out to you. Now, you know, it's kind of your father's come home. It's, 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 it's sort of time for judgment. You know, there, there does come a time. And so it seems to be describing that kind of event uh, as well. Yeah. Before, and, and Jesus is right at the, the front of it and the, the kind of the crescendo of it all when he arrives on the scene. And we'll get to that. And just with the breath of his mouth, you know, defeats any and every enemy, just with the words of his mouth. And, um, you know, brings everything to uh, a righteous end and, and everyone's rewarded who should be rewarded. And those are punished who should be punished. Ju justice is restored to the earth, you know, forever. Um, and so, yeah, uh, between Ben and I, I hope we've answered your question, uh, Anne. Wonderful. Now, want to look back at um, Joel chapter 2. Speaking of these locusts, listen to this. Now, we've, we've already looked at Joel chapter 2, talking about a darkening of the earth and when the sun um, turned black and, and, and the moon to red blood. But it says about this, about the day of the Lord is great. It is dreadful. This is in the same same few paragraphs. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness, like the dawn spreading across the mountains. A large and mighty army comes, such as never was of old, nor ever will be in ages to come. Before them, foul fire devours. Behind them, a flame blazes. Before them, the land is like the Garden of Eden. Behind them, a desert waste. Nothing escapes them. They have the appearance of horses. They gallop along like cavalry. With a noise like that of chariots, they leap over the mountaintops. Like a crackling fire consuming stubble. Like a mighty army drawn up for battle. At the sight of them, nations are in anguish. Every face turns pale. They charge like warriors. They scale walls like soldiers. They march in line, not swerving from their cause. They do not jostle each other. Each marches straight ahead. They plunge through defences without breaking rank. They rush upon city. They run along the walls. They climb into houses. Like thieves, they enter through the windows. Before them the earth shakes, the sky trembles, the sun and moon are darkened, the stars no longer shine. The Lord thunders at the head of his army, his forces are beyond number. This again seems to be describing this army of uh, 
locust-like creatures. And in fact, the yeah. subheading of the chapter in Joel says an army of locusts there. Yeah. I, I would say yeah. one difference in that description, interestingly, that did jump to mind. It says, before them the land is like the Garden of Eden, behind them a desert waste. And yet in this description it says, do not touch um, anything green, do not harm the yeah. grass of the earth, nor any plant or tree. But Yeah, I guess it's like, like locusts, aren't they? Not, yeah. But, uh, it's, yeah, it's, uh, a lot of the Bible is kind of comparing things isn't it and uh, yeah 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 sometimes the metaphor works sometimes it, it works so far and then not, not to the end yeah. but yeah no it's a uh, that's the, the joel image yeah of, of, of uh i mean the smoke coming out of the bottom of this pit you know may well be the the cloud of locusts because it talks in joel about the, the sky going dark and cloud yes, and stuff yeah, so it, yeah. you know is it is it a cloud of smoke or is it a cloud of locusts you know it's a uh, um just comparing to isn't it but yeah you know these uh lots lots of things in the bible that uh god pick you know picks to depict things um mm. uh, and it doesn't mean like <laughs> it doesn't mean like the insect of a locust is, is is particularly evil in itself or that uh, uh i'll go to the image of a lion because a lion you know we talk about the lion of judah and the strength of a lion being the king, and we compare that to Jesus. But in Peter, um, beware the devil who roams around like a roaring lion. And uh, I remember leading a song once uh, that uh, talks about the, the roar of the lion, and somebody's comment was, well, isn't Satan a roaring lion? And <laughs> it's like, it's not that a lion is evil or a lion is particularly good. It's just an image to, to convey a meaning, you know, like hey, locusts here. It's talking about an army, you know, an army is like, it, um, it talks about them marching, marching in lines, not jostling one another and go, you know, their task in a disciplined way, like an army. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it's interesting. There's so much symbolism in the Bible and especially in Revelation, yeah. um, that, that God uses and, and different things in the Bible mean, you know, different things. They symbolize things like you, you, the image of a horn always means strength usually in the bible um and and different things you know you can get these books that kind of refer you to what what images you know the images kind of generally mean not always because the lion can be anything you know good or evil it's the strength that i guess they're talking about but yeah it's uh, a good insight into uh you know the way the bible uses different yeah. images to conjure up different things and teach things that's what jesus yes, did you yes. know it, it's um, it, it, it's the, true. The I, I mean, you know, there's a lot of imagery here. Of course, it goes without saying, and and but the image represents a very real e event as well. You know, and and uh, mm. and, uh, and so, absolutely. You know, this is although it's um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, it, it is very sort of obvious imagery. It's representing reality as well. Um, and I know you're you're, you're not uh, you're not saying that, Ben. You're not you're not arguing that, that that's the case at all. Uh, but no. uh, I'm just saying that yeah, absolutely. It's it's we, we can't understand what it really is it literally is going on here, but we know it's representing something pretty catastrophic on the earth. And yeah, people, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a first century man trying to describe things in our future. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Another thing. 
So, you know, an army, a great big UN army of the, the nations of the world, NATO or whatever, to, you know, looked at maybe from above by a, a first century man, it would look like a swarm of locusts, yeah. uh, you know, or a Russian army or something. You know, yes, yeah, yeah. In it on anyone, but <laughs> there you go. <laughs> great. Well, yeah. dear friends, we've come to the end of to that tonight's session. Thanks for, uh, thanks for, hooking in and uh, joining us. Um, been great to be with you. Thank you, Ben, for your input. Great as always. We'll be carrying on next week. We might uh, we, we might um, have a guest next week, hopefully. What is your Teddy's name, <laughs> Pastor? As uh, he has listened to all of God's word. That's a great point. Shall we, um, you know, let's name the Teddy. I think uh, a good name from now, <laughs> Apollyon or Abaddon. I, I don't know. You know, it's a bit evil. For um, <laughs> yeah. let's can we get you know? Yes, let's use Revelation, but surely there's something a bit friendlier. Uh, maybe John, um, Johnny Boy, Wormwood, Wormwood. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's got to be some friendlier folks um, than, than uh, Wormwood, Abaddon, John. Yeah, John's a good one, Joe. Um, John, John the John. Bear. John, <laughs> John, John the Revelator. <laughs> yes, there we go. John the Revelator. Johnny R. Um, okay. Well, thanks so much, everyone. Dexter, Angela, I like Dexter, but you, you need to give me some uh, link with Revelation. Um, <laughs> so, got the thumbs up from Matt, John, and, and Jay's John. Yeah. Great, guys. Okay. Have a lovely night. Have a great week. Thanks again, Ben. All right. See you. See you later. Bye.